Veteran business owners in the reserves or National Guard can face a challenge with their business if they get deployed. Today on the Financial Operating Base, we'll speak with Zach and Heather Knight from Knight Protection and Survive to Thrive. Zach recently returned from a deployment to Afghanistan, and Heather ran the business, worked full-time at her own job, and worked to start a nonprofit alone, all while Zach was deployed. Welcome to the Financial Operating Base, a podcast and community to help you, the veteran entrepreneur, to navigate the terrain and accomplish your mission of business success. Joining us today, we have Zach and Heather Knight, the founders of Knight Protection and Surviving to Thriving. Zach and Heather, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. We appreciate you having us. Well, let's jump right in. Um, I would love to hear kind of both of your background, um, you know, your path to and through the military, um, and then leading up to you starting um, both of these organizations. Absolutely. Um, I am a former police officer with City of Smyrna. Um, I was born and raised in that community and police there from uh, 2010 to the end of 2016. Um, I left that and went directly into basic training. Uh, I went basic to Bullock, so I went through basic training, OCS, and iBullock and got my commissioning that way. and then recently just got back from a deployment to Afghanistan, uh, which we can do, dive into a little bit more here in a minute. Cool. And um, so I started, I was actually born in Minnesota and I came down here for school. And then um, after school, I joined the city of Smyrna Police Department as well. And I was there for four years and then um, just left about a month ago to help Dak run his business and to really you know, start on the nonprofit and get that up and rolling. So did you guys meet at the police department, I assume? Yeah. Yes, we did. We started dating um, kind of after basic training. So I, I left and we started dating uh, kind of in between the basic training and OCS timeframe. Cool. So, so talk me through um, kind of that transition and experience because you guys are both police officers. Meanwhile, Zach, you're joining the army, going to basic, going to Bullock to become an officer. Um, and then, um, so talk about that and then how that led into starting uh, both of your organizations. So, yeah, it was, it was one of those, you know, at 18, I had always thought about joining the military and, uh, decided to make a couple not as great life decisions and then ended up with being a police, uh, police officer instead. Um, so at 28, it was one of those things where I, I didn't want to regret not doing it. Um, so I was one of those old men in basic training that um, tried to keep up with all the young bucks and the, uh, like Joe, the West Pointers during I Bullock. Um, they are uh, born and bred for such things. Um, during OCS, during the summer of 2017 is when we actually came up with the concept of night protection, um, which really focuses on uh, crime prevention through environmental design. Um, so essentially we do security audits and assessments for residential and commercial buildings um, to show uh, where vulnerabilities are present in physical and cybersecurity both. Yeah, and it's actually kind of interesting. So he's in, he's at OCS 
and uh, he phones me up one day and he's like, hey, I have this really great idea for a business. And uh, I actually did all of that for the police department. I was the community outreach officer. So did a lot of uh, these assessments for homeowners and neighborhoods. And I had been talking to my boss at the time about, you know, this is a really cool business idea. You guys should start, you know, trying to form this business. And, you know, that day or the next day he calls me and he's like, hey, <laughs> this is a great idea for a business. So it was kind of, you know, fate or whatever we want to call it that uh, we both had this idea around the same time to start this business. This Joe, that's very interesting. Um, what we see a lot with veteran entrepreneurs is they'll exit the military, they'll go to a corporate role and sort of learn business. And then in that experience, they'll identify a problem that they can bring a solution to. And that becomes the basis of their entrepreneur journey. Uh, I think it's interesting with y'all, um, you saw all this from your role in the police department and where you could make a entrepreneurial um, case out of wanting to provide better uh, protection through the assessments. Um, and then you layer the military in on top of it. Um, so it's a little bit of a different journey than the typical post-veteran entrepreneur. And, and I guess we should mention, yeah, that um, Zach, you're, um, you're still an army officer uh, in the Georgia National Guard, if that's correct. Yeah, that is. Um, I, I just got back being a platoon leader of my infantry platoon in Afghanistan. Um, and I actually just accepted a position at Dobbins here in uh, Marietta um, to be a black hat, which is an instructor at the National Guard OCS program. So I'm pretty excited about that little bit of a transition and broadening assignment um, that should open some doors. And that's really the the thing I would love to get across is, you know, the military is what really opened a lot of these doors for us. Um, the police department is great, but as far as like broadening out um, the connections we've made from both of you to, you know, the veteran community here in Atlanta as a whole has really opened these doors that has allowed us to blend our backgrounds of crime prevention and what we learned as army officers, the risk mitigation that, that we really focus on. We've really been able to blend both of those really well into this business. Good stuff. Um, talk us through the challenge of, um, you know, as the business is getting going and then you find out that you're going to deploy, Zach, um, talk us through the steps that you took to prepare for that um, in terms of making sure the business had continuity and then, Heather, how you ran it. So just talk through some story or some uh, challenges that you had and how you overcame those um, because that could potentially, you know, cause a pretty significant break to the business, but you guys uh, saw it through um, in our thriving sense. Yeah, and what's crazy is we did a, you know, the business started in about October of 17, and then January of 18 is when we did a real hard launch after iBullock. Um, and at that point, I, we had no clue about the deployment. With, with the guard, it's always a rumor until you actually, you know, see it on paper. Um, and then about the end of March, the official word came down. So we were only two months in business when we found out about the deployment and we were scheduled to leave um, in October. So we had, you know, six months to really prepare and get structures in place, um, which was a struggle. It, it truly took a lot of energy, um, a lot of uh, resources where we, you know, we hired out marketing, we hired out 
different avenues that could maintain continuity through the deployment while Heather ran it all. Um, and what, what's crazy about what Heather did, and I'll let her talk on this in a second, but um, she'll, she'll be too modest about it. Um, you know, she said she was a police officer uh, working community outreach. Um, so that was essentially pretty close to a nine to five. She would work a little bit after that with our residential clients. That was what she really focused on was our residential clients through the deployment, um, grew that side of the business. Um, and then through all of this, she completed her master's degree in human intelligence. Um, she dealt in a little bit of real estate I had. She sold and bought and moved us out to Powder Springs, which her first foray into real estate was very stressful. Um, and then as, as both yeah. of you can, um, then as both of you can know in, in the military, you know, there's no, there's no good way to voice, you know, your struggles down the chain of command, you know, where I was stationed on our fob, I was the highest ranking of, um, of our infantry guys. So I didn't have any peers nearby where I could pick up the phone and or you know, walk next door and, and talk to them. So what I did do is I picked up the phone and. Heather, with her background, and especially going to, she went to the University of North Georgia, um, so she has that little bit of military background with the school and the police background. She was truly my sounding board, and I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand um, from the MILF spouse perspective. You know, she was dealing with all of this while I was gone, and yet was still the person that had to pick up the phone and hear me talk about my problems and what I was struggling with in Afghanistan. Um, so she got it kind of twofold. And then as the mill spouse community, she was, you know, that leading wife, you know, you kind of, you always make jokes about wives carrying over rank, but you know, when it came to who other wives turned to, she was it, you know, she's the one that was supposed to have the most information, you know, could relay information. So if we had a comms blackout, she was the one that kind of herding the wives together and trying to keep everybody calm. So she really did truly a phenomenal job for a year of dealing with all of that. Yeah. So I guess I'll um, kind of just piggyback off of all that he said. So in March, when we got those deployment orders, we had really just started the business. And at that point, both of us had full-time jobs because, you know, you can't just start a business and be profitable in the first month, you know? So, we were both, you know, dealing with our full-time jobs and then trying to also build this plan and this business up. And then the deployment orders came down. And so it was kind of like when you take, you know, six months to build policy procedure and, you know, all your SOPs and how they flow with the business. We did that all in the span of, you know, two months. And then, um, Jared, uh, not Jared. Yeah. JRTC, uh, came up. And so we kind of got a dry run of me running the business because he was gone for that month and uh realized that you know it was gonna be a lot harder than uh, i thought it was going to be uh just maintaining clients while also working as a police officer and um we all work extra duty jobs is what they're called so not only did i work my nine to five chances were that i was always working until 10 11 12 o'clock at night and then in between all of that would have to go and go to these clients' houses. Um, and so wow. I did all of that and um, really buckled down on um, networking. So that was a huge part of how we got the business was word of mouth. Um, so I would get up at 
you know, five o'clock in the morning and go to all these networking meetings and then go to work and then go visit a client and then go to an extra duty job and do that all over again the next day. So it was very um, exhausting. Um, he jokes that, you know, the house was a mess, the whole deployment. <laughs> like, I didn't have time to do anything else. <laughs> run the business. Yeah, but no one's there to worry about it, so you're good. Right, right exactly. I was <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was just um, a lot. It was, it was a lot of work. And then um, we also, at the time of the, when he actually left for the deployment, we filed our 501c3 for the nonprofit, uh, which the government shut down three months later, and then the they lost our paperwork you know <laughs> the government always does and so we had to refile and then uh, we finally got the 501c3 in July and I almost am grateful that all of that happened because I don't think that I would have been able to deal with everything had I also been pressured to actually do something with the nonprofit um, because the 501c3 was there um, and I was really able to focus on it now because it just came through so I thought, you know, I think that was a little bit of a blessing in disguise. So who got more sleep uh, while Zach was deployed? Zach, did you get more <laughs> sleep in Afghanistan? Uh, or did Heather get more sleep back here uh, in Georgia? You know, I'll be real honest, and I, I don't mean to be a snitch on Heather, but her Saturdays and Sundays were pretty much 48 hours of straight sleep. So I'll say she got Ooh. just a sleep. <laughs> that's a lie <laughs> I also um, work Saturdays and Sundays just in case we weren't clear on that <laughs> and then I had to do all my school work for my master's degree <laughs> so, so catch, catch us up to today um, go into a little more depth of what you're doing at night protection and what services you provide for your customers and then dive into uh, the nonprofit and the mission of the nonprofit and where you're at in the development of it? Um, one, as I'm kind of touched on, um, one big thing while I was gone is Heather grew our residential side. We really focused on one offering while I was gone um, to maintain sustainability where she could balance everything. Um, she ran a service called Asset Overwatch, which is a phenomenal service we came up with, um, where essentially say you go on vacation for a week, we maintain operational security of your home. Um, so essentially that includes uh, security sweeps, we bring in the mail, we bring in packages, we put your lights on timers. If you wanna leave the dogs at the house in the comfort of your own home instead of avoiding them, uh, or cats, whatever animal you may have, we'll do pet sitting. Um, the crime Turtle. rates attached, oh, our turtles, because we have a turtle. Um, <laughs> the, the crime rate attached to Uber is just climbing astronomically. You know, if you put a week or two worth of luggage into an Uber, you know, automatically that guy who you have no idea who he is um, can turn back around and come burglarize your home because he knows you're going to be gone for a week. So we've included escorts to the airport. And all of that is done with our employees who are either police officers, off-duty police officers, or military. We generally try to blend the two backgrounds like mine because we like to have that upper level of, um, of quality with our employees. 
Um, and since I've come back, um, we've been able to branch with, with her success in that we've been able to branch into the commercial space now. So we still do the risk assessments for both. And now we offer that asset overwatch service on the executive retention level. Um, and we call it executive overwatch. So if, if a corporation wants to hire us as a retention benefit for their employees, uh, we'll offer that for executives or whoever you choose in that um, in that arena. Uh, so that's been fantastic. That's really, uh, our, our growth has been phenomenal. We've been able to push a little bit more into the Southeast, not just Atlanta. Um, so that's been, that's been huge. It's, it's been fantastic. And again, the, the network within the military environment has been able to really push all of that and help us polish up all of those uh, offerings. So we got the 501c3 in July. Um, and then Zach came home in August from deployment. So August was a wash. We went to Costa Rica and spent some time there and just reconnected as um, a couple in our marriage and all that. And then um, after that, we really buckled down and I started going to networking meetings. And um, instead of going for Zach's business, I went for the nonprofit and just tried to share the mission and the story of what we were doing just to see if people were even interested in, you know, donating to a cause like this because, you know, a nonprofit's nothing without donations and grants and all that stuff. So if nobody's going to buy into a cause, then there's really no point in continuing something like that. So for the last uh, couple of months, I've been doing that. And then at the beginning of October, um, I resigned from the police department um, to help Zach because, like you said, he, I had the residential side, and then when we wanted to branch into commercial, it was kind of paramount that I stayed home and helped him and um, did all that, did the behind-the-scenes work to keep us operational, and then um, as well as working on the nonprofit. So right now, we are really just looking for, I guess, partnerships and um, donors and um, people that are just wanting to give their time and um, help us get this thing off the ground. Uh, so it's not operational yet. It's still in the, the baby stages of becoming something great. So what's and the mission of Survivor Thriving? So Survivor Thriving is a domestic violence victim or a nonprofit that supports domestic violence victims. And what we do is we do lifestyle learning classes. So we do, we teach budgeting and, and finances and, um, job searching and how to build your resume and um, GED classes and things like that because a lot of times when you're in an a, a abusive relationship, you know, you can't go to work with a black eye because then people know what's going on at home and a lot of people, I mean, you, you hide what's going on at home. So many people have lost their jobs or quit their jobs and they stay at home and so they've lost all these skills of you know, how to search for a job and how to build your resume, or they never even got it because they got into an abusive relationship at 18. So we teach those classes. And then um, one of our headlining courses is a women's self-defense class, and it's called Rape Aggression Defense. And I'm a national instructor for that um, program. It is a 12-hour course that really brings um, empowerment to women we do some like instruction at the beginning, not instruction, but just like a, a conversation at the beginning of, you know, 
why is this important? Why is self-defense important for women? And why are, you know, what are your intentions of taking this class? And what are you going to get out of it? And, you know, the empowerment piece of behind everything. And uh, so we do that for the first couple of hours. And then we get into instruction and they teach, or I teach, you know, how to hit, how to kick, how to get up and off the ground if you fall to the ground while you're fighting and um, just different things like that. Or, you know, what if you're sleeping and somebody breaks into your house? How do you, you know, deal with that and then the last um three hours or so is uh what's called aggression um and uh scenarios and that is when we get these you know two or three huge guys to come in and they come in in padded suits and the first one's pretty easy you only have one guy to deal with and then as the scenarios build the amount of people um that are in the scenarios that you have to um, get through the attack uh, builds. And so that's one of our, that's our headlining piece that no other nonprofit is doing that right now. Um, and it's a lot of fun to teach and it's really empowering for women. So I think that's, um, it's a great way. And even if you're not in an, an abusive relationship, it's just something that I think all women should take. Um, and then <laughs> we're also doing sustainable housing. So if you are in, in a, in a relationship and you decide to leave, you chances are you're going to go to an emergency shelter. And those are only, uh, you're only allowed to be there for 90 days. And so then you're either back in the home of your abuser or on the streets because you have nowhere else to go. You know, your abuser has cut you off from your friends and family and um, isolated you from the world. So you don't really have anywhere to go. Um, so we want to provide a three to five year plan where these women can take what they've learned in these lifestyle learning classes and put it to real world situations where they have to figure out how to pay rent, they have to figure out how to, you know, buy food and pay utilities and do all of this. And then after they have shown, you know, for, you know, for a few, maybe six months that they can do all of this on their own, then, you know, we'll, we'll release them to, to the real world and they will be thriving instead of just surviving their situation. I was going to say, one of the big pieces of what we're working on, um, right now we're looking for a commercial building in the Cobb County area um, for the Lifestyle Learning Center. Um, and then we're actually going to buy um, the uh, apartment complex. We're going to buy like a 10 to 15 unit apartment apartment complex where we're able to control the rent. Um, so I have a real estate holdings company on the side that's going to buy this these properties so we don't have to worry about market fluctuations or we don't have to worry about an apartment complex saying okay well in order to hold one apartment you know the rent's going to be 17 or two thousand dollars a month you know we're able to really manage that ourselves which is that's going to be huge um, as we go through because then we can like she was talking about you know month zero to six everything's free month six to nine we can start helping you implement the budget part of it so we're teaching you how to budget but then we actually help you implement where rent's $100, utilities are $20, and we just build that up with each of these individuals. So and you can always learn in a classroom, but until you actually implement, it's not going to stick. So after the three to five years of being in our program, you can walk out confident on your own and know that you'll be able to, to really thrive in life. 
so this is this is really cool because you, not only do you have a business that you started and both of you together sustained through one of your deployments, um, you're also focusing on helping a specific segment um, through a nonprofit, and you have um, kind of this this third endeavor, which is sort of it sounds to me like a link between all three, and that's real estate. So you're protecting people's homes, you're providing people an avenue um, to find their own homes to get out of bad situations. Um, and you're you're doing some of this real estate on the side. Um, so what is what is the way forward? What's the vision and what's the future for you know for both or all three of those sort of categories? So for the nonprofit, I really like to um, branch nationwide because um, a lot of times human trafficking is linked with domestic violence, and you know Atlanta's a hub for human trafficking because of Atlanta Hartsfield. Um, the Hartsfield Jackson Airport uh, being such a you know huge international airport and then you have like LAX and Las Vegas and uh, just different cities around the world and I would love to in the far future um, bring this nonprofit to all those cities um, so that's kind of our end goal for the nonprofit same with night protection you know it's really turned into all three of them, all three of these entities are going to support each other. So, you know, night protection, as we buy more of the apartment complexes, night protection will make sure they're, you know, Fort Knox without looking like Fort Knox. And these developments are really, truly protected. So as the nonprofit grows, night protection is going to grow and vice versa. You know, a lot of what um, Surviving to Thriving is going to be doing is going to be sponsored by night protection. So um, we'll really be able to put that um, those proceeds that we're making, we're donating a, a pretty large percentage of our profits into the nonprofit so that we always have that sustainability across. So, um, you know, pushing nationwide is going to be huge for, for both companies. And uh, right now we're just really focusing on Atlanta and getting that highly sustainable and then move from there. I love the passion behind your story and what you're doing. And I, I think uh, it's unique maybe as husband and wife um, that you both come from similar backgrounds and you can express your uh, passion for, you know, wanting to help people um, professionally, uh, which is, I think is fantastic. Um, do either of you have an inspirational thought or quote that you use to guide you um, as you go through your uh, professional lives here? That I really have always lived by or started to live by especially in business and the military um it, it's an old jim Rohn quote of you are you know the five people you spend your most time around and i think that's been a huge um a huge plus for the business side um sometimes you know everybody knows that one friend or family member that wants to kind of be a, a drain or a drag on what's going on and they start seeing success and um, it always drags you or it could drag you down. And I'm by no means saying don't help that individual, but you know, as you up your level, I think you'll always be able to up your performance. Um, and as you surround yourself with those individuals, um, it really just makes a huge difference in, in your performance because you start performing on their level. I guess one of the things that I live by is um, we were just went and went to this business conference last weekend and, uh, everybody you know kind of preached that great things come never come from comfort zones and i have had a 
horrible rough time trying to get out of my comfort zone. That's why it took me four years to leave the police department and, you know, really jump on the train of uh, this business and getting the nonprofit. And so in the last year, year and a half, I've really tried to live outside my comfort zone, which is why, you know, pushed myself during the deployment and then now afterwards. Um, and I think that, you know, if you're comfortable, then you're not pushing yourself. You're not finding the next big thing. And I think that's huge for entrepreneurs because you can't sit in the comfort zone because if you sit in the comfort zone, nothing will ever, you, you know, your business will never grow because you're not taking risks. And that's how, that's how businesses grow is through risk taking. That's phenomenal. For the listeners, I hope you're taking notes on both of those concepts of you are the sum of the people around you, basically, and then moving outside of your comfort zone. So you guys have a a, a wonderful story, very unique. You have um, military, you have military spouse, you have entrepreneurialism. Um, some of our listeners may want to get in touch with you. Um, what's the best way for uh, someone to contact you? All over social media, uh, my handle is the same all across. So if you want to reach out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, YouTube, all of it, um, we are our my company is at Night Pro LLC. Um, and like I said, you can just reach out. I, I monitor all the messaging. So if you love to get contact me, I'd love to hear from you. I am not all over social media. I just have Facebook and Instagram right now, um, and they're fairly new and I haven't um, completely made the handle the same across the board and so I will just give out my night at to thriving.org to thriving.org cool it's been great guys thanks for sharing your story and taking the time thanks for having us we leave you today with a quote from Robert Schuller tough times never last but tough people do Thanks for joining us on the Financial Operating Base podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions or feedback to financialoperatingbase at gmail.com.